When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bringing a shot up the middle and into center field. Two nine nine eight. First pitch to Miguel. Swinging a shattered bat. Line drive. Base hit in wow. left. Two nine nine nine. Packs the bat over the right. The one one ground ball. Base hit in the right. Go crazy. Three thousand for Miguel Cabrera. La leyenda. A tribute to Miguel Cabrera. A five part series. Here's Daniela Bruce and Dan Dickerson. Welcome to La Leyenda episode four. I'm Daniela Bruce alongside the voice of the Detroit Tigers, Dan Dickerson. And in episode three of La Leyenda, we left off talking about Miggy's golden years, we can call them, the two biggest years of his career, which were 2012, the Triple Crown and MVP, and then that 2013 season where he was arguably better, Dan, that we've (laughs) heard over and over again, (laughs) but didn't get the Triple Crown that year, but he was MVP that year too. Two of the most incredible years of Miguel Cabrera's career. We're going to talk a lot about the milestones later in his career that are helping him solidify his legacy in Major League Baseball. But first, what do you remember about Miguel Cabrera following the years of 2012 and 2013? Like, so the 2014 and on until this point. Yeah, and it, it really, you, you, what you noticed, and you hate to say it, were the injuries. I mean, the, yeah. the, the injuries started in, in September of 2013 when he was winning his second MVP. And you just, I mean, he still had some great seasons. He still hit 30-plus home runs one year. But you did notice that the, the injuries just started to take a toll and the production began to drop really probably four or five years ago. You still, that, that fear factor, amazing though, that fear factor for opposing teams, managing games to make sure they were not getting to Miguel Cabrera for a fifth time late in the game, that was still there. He was still in the three spot for a reason. But you just do wonder, for all the greatness and all that he's accomplished, what more there might have been if the body had held up better. It's hard to think about that because the whole subject of today's episode is 3,000 hits. Right. 500 home runs (laughs) and 600 doubles to think his career may have been even better than that if injuries weren't a factor. It's pretty crazy. It is. And and you think, well, he might not necessarily have done more. No, the, the track record of Hall of Famers, and he's clearly that is that they their production will drop in their 30s as they go into their late 30s, mm-hmm. but they're starting at such a high point mm-hmm. in terms of where they are relative to league average that it drops less. And they are still usually, that's why the, the contract never really worried you because Hall of Famers tend to produce right through their 30s. 40s, kind of the, the magic number where things start to drop off. And the drop-off started earlier for Miguel, but that that was a track record. So I think you can make a pretty strong argument that given good health, given a right knee that was strong all those years, the production could have been even even higher, which is something to think about. There is no greater opponent for athletes than father time, and inevitably, some of Miguel Cabrera's exceptional numbers and production did return to human levels in his later years in Detroit. But there are three things that never diminished during Cabrera's career. His baseball intelligence, the level of respect he inspired in opposing teams and coaches, and the unrelenting joy with which he played the game. 
Here's Detroit manager A.J. Hinch on how Miguel Cabrera's mind remained ageless. You know, his staying power has been largely because of his preparation. When somebody does well and they get a lot of hits and they, they, they become famous in this sport, we talk about ability, and he's got a ton of it. But I think that does a disservice to his prep, to his, his mind, his eye, what he sees, the, thing, the keys that he looks at in pitchers. It's way more than just like, hey, he's really good, he's up in the batter's box and, and getting a bunch of hits. So his, his staying power has really been about his prep and his, the way his mind works. And it's been consistent, you know, it's not easy aging in this game. The one thing that doesn't age is his mind. It wasn't just the managers who noticed Miguel's timeless attributes. Teammates did too. Third baseman and outfielder Nick Castellanos was drafted by the Tigers with the 44th overall pick in the 2010 Major League Draft. Born and raised in South Florida, Castellanos was already very familiar with the name Miguel Cabrera before becoming his teammate. Castellanos has fond memories of watching the Florida Marlins World Series runs in 1997 and 2003 when a young Miggy was just coming up. Years later, after being drafted right out of Archbishop McCarthy High School, a young Castellanos had the opportunity to play alongside a player he grew up admiring. What does Nick remember about meeting Miggy for the first time? The first time that I met Miggy one-on-one, Alex Avila actually uh, reached out to me and asked if I wanted to hit with them in the offseason. And I'm sure that you know, that was Al, you know, saying like, hey, you know, we have this kid from down Florida, so, you know, down south who had a really good year in West Michigan. You know, you think that you can invite him? So even though he never told me, I'm pretty sure that's exactly what happened. And Alex listened to his dad and invited me. So, you know, I remember pulling up to this place called Perfect Competition in Nova Southeastern. St- like still a teenager myself. I think I was 18 years old or 19 years old and uh, just hitting batting practice with him. You know, and, and Alex also, which was always fun because, ex- especially I, I being a young kid, like, it wasn't so much I was, like, starstruck. It's like, man, I want to show this guy that I can hit. You know, that was when I kind of saw that Miggy was, like, a goofball. You know, like, he's a kid. And uh, it made just the batting practices, I think I hit with him probably three or four times. It just, it made it so light, you know, and easy for me to just be myself. Castellanos made his major league debut a few short years later on September 1st, 2013. He recounts what it was like for his 21-year-old self to actually play alongside Miguel Cabrera. So as a teammate, I came up and I remember like my debut, Miggy didn't play that game in September. Um, It was a day game. He got it off because he was dealing with a sports hernia or core injury, whatever it is that he was dealing with. And, uh, but he had the next game in Boston. My first road trip was to Boston to play the Red Sox. And like, I remember I was there feeling good about like my AAA line. I think I was like, you know, 276, 18 home runs, I think around 80 RBIs, you know, like just, just feeling like that was a heavy, like I was a heavy stat line, 21 years old in the international league. I'm proud of it, you know, like sitting there. And Miggy walks up in the first inning in Fenway Park on September 1st and, or September 2nd, and I look up and it's 353, 43, and 139. And I'm like, what? I've never seen anything like that before. You know, it's just, we have a month left of baseball. So he did that in a minor league season, you know? And uh, I think he was actually better that year than his Triple Crown year. He just couldn't finish the way he wanted to be, because of his injury. But fans and everybody wouldn't know it because why? He was out there. Injuries slowed some of Cabrera's production in later years, but because of Miguel's toughness, 
They often didn't hamper his availability. That kind of grit is something you can't teach, as Castellanos explains. The longer I've been in the game, I learned to respect different things. And, you know, the thing that now may be coming onto the status of a veteran, guys who can post, you can't teach that. You know, you can't teach that guys to, to go out there and play every single day because when you do that, as you get older, you're not going to be 100% every day. It's just a different level of like respect and warrior mentality for the guys for to be able to go and and adapt, you know, and still figure out a way to help their team win. And having Miggy in the lineup consistently made everyone else better. Well, even if Miggy goes 0 for 4, the team is immediately still better just because it's he's so heavy and such a focus on pitchers that they can't help but to relax when facing other people. So it, he makes, uh, if he's batting third, he makes, you know, one, two, and the rest of the lineup better immediately. Mickey didn't just keep opposing teams on their toes. He also kept umpires and grounds crews honest. One Miggy moment Castellanos recalled came in 2012 in an April game at the Chicago White Sox. In Miggy's first at-bat of the day, he immediately noticed something was not right with the batter's box dimensions. Cabrera immediately pointed out his observation to the home plate umpire that led to an unprecedented on-field delay. He to get up into the high 50s today as Cabrera stands in, and now he's got words with Adrian Johnson, the home plate umpire, perhaps about the back line of that batter's box. And now Johnson calling time and asking for uh, first base umpire to come and join him. Cabrera, Cabrera is saying to Johnson that that batter's box is short. If anybody knows where he can stand in that batter's box as deep as he can get, you know Cabrera knows that. And by that batter's box being where it is, he feels like he's being forced to stand closer to the pitcher than he wants to. Hey, you see Miguel right now drawing a line from the tip of home plate to the back of the batter's box. And you're right, if anybody knows that batter's box, it's Cabrera. Now they're going to measure it with the bat. How about this? I don't think I've ever seen this. I have never seen it before. And now the grounds crew is going to come out to, uh, I think, officially measure this. So as they uh, talk about what to do with the batter's box, believe it or not, smiling back, but there goes the line drawing. So they're going to redo the batter's box. Two batters into this game. White Sox tried to pull a fast one on the Tigers. How about that? Castellanos explains that there aren't a lot of players that would have the confidence Cabrera demonstrated in that situation. This is where the confidence comes in, is that I bet you that there are other players that noticed something was off, but they didn't trust their instincts enough or weren't courageous enough to, like, stop a game on national television and say, hold on, this doesn't seem quite right. But, like, with Miggy, it's... He's not even thinking about any of that. It's just, hey, this this box is off. Cause, you know, and come fix it. He doesn't think about anything else, and that kind of speaks to his level of talent. We said three things that did not diminish in the second half of Miguel Cabrera's career were his baseball IQ, the respect he commanded across the league, and his childlike joy for the game of baseball. But one thing we should have added to that list is Miggy's presence in the clubhouse and as a teammate. Every player or coach we've spoken to as part of this series is always quick to mention Cabrera as a teammate and a friend. Miggy might not be the loudest guy in the room, instead choosing to lead by example, 
but that's made him no less impactful in the lives and careers of his teammates. He's a leader by example. You know, he doesn't want to be the big voice, yet he has like a booming voice. He doesn't want to be the center of attention, but he walks in a room and everybody gravitates to him. Just his presence alone is leadership. When you're on the other side, you see his big physical presence and you see his, the stardom and the, and the vibe around him. But when you're with him day to day, like he's just there for the young players, but not always gonna be the loudest. His wisdom comes out in, in different ways. The players certainly gravitate to him and you know he's willing to do whatever for anybody. Another player who felt very thankful to share a locker room with Cabrera in Detroit was J.D. Martinez, who played with the Tigers from 2014 to 2017. You know, at that time in my career, he was the guy I was studying and the guy that I was really modeling my swing after. And then being on his team, kind of a blessing, just being able to watch him every day and kind of reinforcing all the good moves that I see him make, you know, in batting practice and his routine. And I just remember I was making it a part of my day to go watch him hit in the cage and just watch the way he worked. Also in Detroit in 2014 was infielder Eugenio Suarez, who went on to play with Miguel as part of Team Venezuela in the WBC. What was it like for him to learn alongside Miggy every day? When I came here from, from AAA, the first guy who, who gave me the hug and, and welcomed me to a, to a big league was Miggy and the clubhouse. So, that was when my dream come real true, like, this is my dream, this is what, what I want to be. And uh, play that year for me, with me, share the clubhouse, feel, you know, traveling with him was a lot to me. And Miggy always, always smiled. I never saw Miggy mad, even if he go 0 for 4. He always smiled. He always gave me that, like, you, you, got, you got to be happy in this game because this game is so hard. And, uh, and share everything with him is for me was a lot you know and i appreciate god i always feel thankful for that opportunity to play with me while miguel cabrera continued to make those around him better in his later years in detroit he also hit several historic career milestones tigers fans had a front row seat to not only the moments themselves but the nail-biting chase towards each one Coming up on La Leyenda, Miguel Cabrera's race towards 500 home runs led to awkwardly hushed crowds at Comerica Park. When it finally came on the road in Toronto in 2021, it made Miggy the 28th member of Major League Baseball's 500 home run club. And it was a moment Tigers fans will never forget. We'll relive it next on La Leyenda. Welcome back to La Leyenda. I'm Daniela Bruce. It would be impossible to take a stroll down Miggy memory lane without recounting some of the historic milestones in Miguel Cabrera's career. Hitting 500 regular season home runs is no small feat for any Major League Baseball player, hence the rather exclusive 28-man club membership. Many of the members' names also line the halls of Cooperstown, guys like Henry Aaron, Babe Ruth, Willie Mays, and Ken Griffey Jr. Miguel reached the milestone on August 22, 2021, while playing in a road game against Toronto. The games leading up to that at Comerica Park had been something to witness, full of hushed crowds, as our own Dan Dickerson recounts. It's hilarious here at the ballpark. The crowd, <laughs> it, it turned into a golf crowd. It's like, what, wait, what? Did somebody holding up cards that say quiet? I mean, it really was weird. I mean, didn't Miggy used to I don't say, like, come on, like make some like, noise. Come on, make some noise. That's what baseball is. But they would go silent. I've never seen anything like it. Every time he stepped to the plate while he was marching toward 500, and you just realize how hard, that was way harder than 3,000. You yeah, knew he'd get to 3,000 because mm -hmm. Miggy can deliver that base hit to right with the best of them, and that's what he did with 3,000. But for, you know, to on, on demand, hit a home run, please. 
we did pay, you know, we came down here to see you hit a home run. Please hit a home run. And there were many at bats here sitting on 499. It was fun, though. It was really fun to watch. And, you know, he wasn't hitting a lot of home runs in his career at that point. And so I, I can't even imagine the stress on him. I think it was stressful. And then to do it on the road, Toronto is a pretty good place to do it. There's a good rivalry between these two franchises. But, you know, Toronto in the 80s used to travel here. We used to travel Tigers fans to Toronto. I think there's a great appreciation for everywhere. But I think, I don't know, it seemed like, especially in Toronto, the career of Miguel Cabrera and the reaction of those Toronto fans was, I think, what I remember the most. The home run goes to right center. He goes into the dugout. He gets the curtain call from the visiting, you know, the visiting team or the, the home crowd away from Detroit. And uh, that was a really neat moment. On that August afternoon, the Tigers were trailing the Blue Jays 0-1 to in the top of the sixth inning. Mickey was 0 for 2 on the day as Detroit's designated hitter batting cleanup. On the mound for Toronto was 30-year-old right-hander Stephen Matz. After playing with the Mets for six years, Matz was traded to the Blue Jays in January of 2021. His first and only season with Toronto was a relatively successful one. He posted 150 innings, won 14 games, and had a 3.82 ERA. But fortunately for Tigers fans, it was not Matz's lucky day on that particular Sunday. There was one out and no one on base when Cabrera strolled to the plate for the third time in the sixth inning. Miggy took the first pitch inside for ball one. Matz threw another 94-mile-per-hour sinker high in the zone. This time, Cabrera couldn't check his swing in time. The count moved to one and one. At that point, Miguel stepped out of the batter's box and took a deep breath. The camera zoomed in on Cabrera's face, and it's like you can see that legendary baseball IQ at work predicting Matt's next offering. Whether Miggy predicted the 84-mile-per-hour changeup on the outside of the plate or not, he sure didn't miss. Cabrera took the ball the opposite way for another incredible moment in Tigers history. The 1-1. Fly ball, right center. Deep. Got a chance! 500! Miguel Cabrera has done it! The high five to Santiago as he rounds third and his teammates pour out of the dugout and this crowd in Toronto on their feet. The welcoming committee from every teammate as he heads down those dugout steps. There have been more than 20,000 players in Major League history. Miguel Cabrera has become the 28th to hit 500 home runs. What a moment. In true humble Miggy fashion, Cabrera's first comments on hitting his 500th home run after the game were about how good it felt to tie the game and give his team a chance to win the game, which they did 5-3 in 11 innings. It was like a great feeling, but uh, it was nice timing because we tied the game right there. The inning, uh, that was beautiful because we come in today, like, try to win the series and um, trying to go here two and one. Um, it was like a really good game. Um, finally, we got an extra inning and we won the game. Home run number 500 for Miggy didn't necessarily look like a no-doubter off the bat. What was Miguel thinking when he hit that ball? No, I don't think. When I hit it, I say, uh, come on, get up, get up, something like that, but... I mean, we, I play in Comerica, so every fly ball, like, that part is out, you know what I mean? I'm glad he's that fly ball here, because if I hit him Comerica, he's going to be two hours. 
<laughs> Just like the Kansas City fans felt the magnitude of the moment when Cabrera solidified the Triple Crown in 2012, Toronto fans responded to Miggy's 500th home run with a standing ovation and a thundering roar of applause. What was it like for him to get that kind of reception in a visiting ballpark? I mean, a lot because I think I'm the only 28 players do that. You know, I mean, even if I do in Detroit and another city like here in Toronto, I think the fans are gonna be happy. You know, because uh, not too many players do that every day. So uh, give it a chance to see that. I mean, that's pretty special. Manager A.J. Hinch had a front row seat to that historic moment, and he, too, was impressed with the reception Cabrera received from the opposing fans and players. Remarkable reaction to that. You know, and Stephen Matz, obviously uncomfortable on the mound, but waiting a few minutes, Charlie Montoya, their, their manager, giving us that moment. Um, it was really cool. Giving him a curtain call on the road, again, signifies exact, exactly what how cool it was. And, and I do tip my cap to those those people on the other side that handled it with, with a lot of that dignity. What does 500 home runs mean to Cabrera? I mean, a lot. Uh, like I said, not only for me, you know, people around me, the team, my teammates, the organization of Detroit, uh, my coaches, the money I have for my whole career, the people from Venezuela, uh, my family, I think it's like it's really big because uh, it's something special for my country, for my family uh, to be able to do this. Um, I'm really happy, uh, but at the same time, I got to still focus. I got to uh, keep to my doing and trying to help the team to get better and win more games. He was also asked if the chase for 500 home runs wore on him a little bit. And as someone who prefers to avoid the spotlight rather than bask in it, you can guess his response. I mean, a lot. I mean, because last week in Detroit was tough. It was the first time by this year. Uh, I see the crowd like that, excited with a lot of energy. Uh, it was nice to see a lot of fans. It was nice to see energy back in the Comerican Park. It was a lot, of, a lot of things going on in my mind because I want to do it in Detroit. But it's tough to hear home from over there. But uh, I got to say thank God because I hear it here. Um, yeah, I get over with that and try to keep playing my baseball. Are you sensing a theme yet? Even after hitting a career milestone like 500 home runs and joining the 28-man club that has not admitted a new member since, Cabrera was ready to turn the page and move on to the next game. His focus was not on himself but on his team and doing everything he possibly could to help them win. That's the kind of relentless competitor Miguel Cabrera has always been through his 21-year career. We should probably add that to the ever-expanding list of Miggy attributes that did not diminish or fade in the later half of his career, his competitive mindset. In the locker room after the game, we got to witness a rare behind-the-scenes moment when A.J. Hinch spoke to the team. Probably the coolest thing we saw happen today is somebody joined 28 players in the history of the game have reached 500 homers. From your first one in 2003, Al Levine, Levine, Steven Matz, <laughs> today number 500. Miggy, we've seen you, we've seen you pass a lot of important people, man. We saw you become the Venezuelan hit king. We've seen you pass name after name. Babe Ruth was on the board. Frank Robinson was on the board. Now we're seeing you walk up the home run title. Miggy, thank you for letting us be a part of this. We're gonna remember this day for the rest of our careers. Yeah! So what has it been like as a manager to witness these historic milestones? You know, I tried to stay pretty grounded in staying in the moment. Like, these are things that you may never see the rest of your career. Those of us that have been in the game a long time uh, may never witness it again. You look at the names on the scoreboard, the, the Miggy milestones, when the number starts going, you know, and it kept, started creeping up, 
here's 500, here's 3,000. Not just one race, it's two races to two milestones, 600 doubles. Like there just there was a lot that that we got to witness, and I don't think we'll get a full appreciation until you look back and see top three in the game at this, top two in the game at this, best right-handed hitter at this. We are playing with a modern-day legend, and it's hard to talk about that while he's playing. Most of the time, it's looking back. We were looking forward, and so the hugs on the field, the the anticipation of 503,000, it's a memory that will serve a career well, and certainly anybody that was involved will remember it. You heard it from AJ right there. It's not just one milestone when it comes to Miguel Cabrera. It's several. Perhaps the most anticipated milestone was 3,000 hits. It was certainly one that caused a lot of nail-biting in the greater Detroit area. We'll relive that chase for immortality and the moment it was clinched next on La Leyenda. Welcome back to La Leyenda. I'm Daniela Bruce. Earlier in this episode, we took a look at Miguel Cabrera's chase for 500 home runs and relived the wonder of that August 2021 moment in Toronto. Next on our list, 3,000 hits, which took place in April of the following year. Of all the milestones we're delving into today, this one was particularly significant because it happened at Comerica Park in front of Tigers fans. And the excitement leading up to that moment was a fever pitch for Detroit fans. As if watching Miggy chase this bit of history wasn't thrilling enough, the days preceding his 3,000th hit did nothing but amplify the drama. Heading into a Thursday game against the Yankees on April 21st, 2022, Cabrera had 2,999 hits. He went 0 for 3 in the game with two strikeouts and a heart-wrenching fly ball deep to left field. But things got really interesting in the eighth inning when, with two outs and runners on second and third, Yankees manager Aaron Boone decided to intentionally walk Cabrera to load the bases. As you can imagine, the Comerica Park crowd of over 21,000 was not happy. As if the Yankees already weren't the evil umpire. <laughs> Did Miggy ever give his former teammate grief about that decision? He has not. He has not since. Um, but he was looking at me on deck like, what are you going to do here? You know, and like, you walking me or you going to pitch to me? So <laughs> he has not said anything since. And I, and I saw him in spring training this year. I, we, play, we play against the Tigers a lot in spring training, so... You know, when we're in Lakeland, I come down, I usually see him and talk to him for a little bit. He hasn't said anything to me about it, but just kind of looked at me and laughed. And obviously, and then and then Meadows ends up hitting a bloop single and, and crushed us, so it, it hurt us. But I always say, you know what, I got... I got the Tigers another sellout because it put off that 3,000 hit for another day. If that wasn't enough to raise fans' blood pressure, the next day the Tigers series opener against Colorado was rained out. That meant a full house at Comerica Park on Saturday, April 23rd, 2022 for a doubleheader. Soap operas would kill for this kind of drama. Over 37,000 filled their seats that day, or rather stood, as Miguel Cabrera walked to the plate for his first at-bat in the first game of the doubleheader. With one out and Austin Meadows on first base, Colorado starter Antonio Senzatella threw nothing but four-seam fastballs Cabrera's way. Miggy fouled off the first pitch, then passed on a ball way off the plate. The next pitch, a fastball just below the waist and in. In perfect Miguel fashion, he hit the ball opposite way for a base hit and a little piece of history. I just feel like today, Jim, this is uh, 
This is the day. This is the day. Upright, relaxed stance, tucks the left shoulder in as he cocks the bat over the right. The 1-1, one, one, ground ball. Base hit in the right! 3,000 for Miguel Cabrera! Raises his arms. Iglesias the first to hug him. The Tigers dug out empties as they charge over to first base and let the hug dispensing begin. Oh, what an incredible journey. From a skinny 15-year-old discovered on the dusty fields of Morakai to an icon in Motown. Miguel Cabrera, the pride of Venezuela, has joined one of the most exclusive clubs containing the best hitters in baseball history. 3,000 hits. There were fireworks at the ballpark, but nothing lit up the stadium quite like Miguel Cabrera's smile as he ran to first base. Fans embraced each other, teammates cheered, even opponents embraced Miggy as he celebrated a milestone that only 33 players in Major League history have ever done. The next closest active players are 40-year-old free agent Robinson Cano at 2,639 hits and 39-year-old Red Staple Joey Votto with 2,093 hits for comparison. Manager A.J. Hinch remembers the moment he knew Miggy had 3,000 in the books. Right when he got the hit. I mean, when he saw where the hole's open, they're guarding a double play, they're holding the runner on, and he's got a, he's got a big wide hole, and he hits the base hit. And I think in the second step, he raised his hand, or raised his arm, and, and uh, watching him celebrate for himself at first, we all spill out of the dugout. You know, it's unscripted. We didn't really know what to do, how to do it. It's you know, But we know we wanted to be on the field with him. And also, you know, be very respectful to the opponent. I think, you know, Buddy Black and the, the Rockies, um, Sensatella, like the, everybody was um, super professional about it, and we very much appreciate them allowing us that minute or two to, to celebrate a huge accomplishment. Speaking after the team's resounding 13 nothing victory over the Rockies in Game 1, Miguel Cabrera spoke about what hitting the 3,000 milestone meant to him. So I mean a lot because I always say if we... We're winning. I know the results is going to be good because we're going to produce. We're going to play our game. Uh, we're going to be able to go out there and do whatever we, we can do to win games. So we do it today. I'm really happy and we got to prepare for the next game. It won't surprise anyone that Cabrera was most excited to talk about the team win as opposed to an individual accomplishment. Yeah, it's special, but I want to get 3,000 here, no Venezuela, whatever, but... I was like, we got to get it done today, and thank God we do it, and we got to keep going. And that's no surprise to his manager. He just want, he wants it to be about winning the day's game. I mean, we showed up today, fans showed up today, the energy was, was really good in the ballpark from the beginning. Um, you know, we showed up today, it was our best collective game across the board, um, and, and we all had a lot of fun. So, you know, very rarely do you get a chance to, you know, celebrate the first part of the game on the field, uh, followed up by a, a really good performance across the board to the standing ovation when Miggy comes off the field. I mean, it, uh, we couldn't have scripted today any better. Miggy also expressed his gratitude for Tigers fans and how seeing the ballpark full of people on the days leading up to 3,000 left him emotional. Bring, bring me a lot, of, a lot of memories, you know, when I come in the first time here in Detroit. Remember, we always had 35,000, 40,000 people every night. So, able to see the fans come back to the stadium like that, 
it was very emotional. I know what uh, the fans meet to our games and to our team because they they support us a lot. So it was like, I was really happy to see all the fans here today. Tigers legend Al Kaline passed away in April of 2020, and Cabrera wished he was watching somewhere and smiling. Al is one of my heroes, you know what I mean? He always say good things about me, he always say good things about how I can get better. And it's really sad, you know, able to see it because he always talk about this moment. And to be able to do it, I mean, hopefully in somewhere he are right now, he's happy and smile. It was difficult for A.J. Hinch to put into words what that moment meant to him, to Cabrera's teammates, and to Detroit fans everywhere. It's hard to put into words what we what we witnessed. I mean, we witnessed history. And uh, so proud of him, so happy for him. We did talk about it in the clubhouse. The guys are all excited for him, and he talked about how important it was to play like we did today in front of the Detroit fans. So Miggy tries to spin it, uh, make it not about him, but what a special day for him, his family. Every Venezuelan baseball player that looks up to Miggy, you know, quite honestly, any baseball player looks up to Miggy and uh, really cool to be a part of it. Our own Dan Dickerson had the best seat in the house to witness everything, including the events that precipitated 3,000 hits. Countdown was fun because you, fun. you knew it was coming. Uh, you know, it, the, the funny thing is, think of how the season started in 2022. The lockout wiped out the first road trip, which was going to be the season. We're going to start with seven games on the road. So right away, going into the season, he was 13 away. You're thinking, okay, how's this going to play out? Is he going to get it on the road? But I think that actually increased the chances that it was going to come at home and but it was really fun to go 2998 2999 and then that day remember Aaron Boone had walked him oh yeah a couple of days before the Yankees were in town but it was the right thing to do um but he was so you know I think it was the day before when he was sitting at his locker and just being very reflective about his career that that particular upcoming milestone had him in a very reflective uh, mood like the day before just talking about and he never does this for a half an hour sitting at his locker just chatting with reporters and anybody who wanted to stop by about people influential in his career what it meant to him how he joked with his son that he was going to lay down a bunt for three thousand <laughs> and son's like dad no you can't do that uh so i mean it was that was a, a neat moment leading up to it and you just knew that he was going to get it probably in the first at bat i don't know you just you felt it you absolutely felt it it was an april picture perfect day in april we don't say that very often no picture perfect day in april sunny pleasant and you had that hole on the right side you're just thinking there it is that that is wide open for miguel and he hits the the ground ball single to right it's the perfect three thousandth hit for me for miguel cabrera one milestone that might get overlooked in comparison to 3,500 is 600 doubles. Only 18 people in Major League history have hit that round number, and nearly all of them are Hall of Famers. Next on La Leyenda, we relive Miggy's 600th double and discuss why all of these milestones are impressive in their own right, but together they've helped cement his legacy as one of the greatest right-handed hitters of all time. Welcome back to La Leyenda. I'm Daniela Bruce. In this hour, we are reliving the latter half of Miguel Cabrera's career in Detroit and recounting some of the legendary milestones that gave Tigers fans a rare opportunity to witness baseball history. 500 home runs, 3,000 hits, and 600 doubles. 
Even as Cabrera aged and as he worked through injuries, the standards he set for himself as a hitter remained high. No one knows this better than manager A.J. Hinch. He's got high standards, and even on, in himself, I mean, we, we often give him grace, and we often talk about, hey, it's, you know, day games after night games and, and control the workload. Like, Miggy doesn't want to hear it. Like, he doesn't want to age. He doesn't uh, want to be held to a different standard. Now, he's had to change his... His pregame stuff, he's had to change how much volume he can handle, like, you know, how he anticipates fastball. There's a lot of there's a lot he's had to adapt to, but he doesn't want special treatment. He doesn't want anyone to refer to that that aging as as an excuse or as a as a hindrance. So I, I think as he's evolved as a as an older player, the part that sticks with me is like he doesn't hold himself to a lower standard. He doesn't think it's okay to to not be able to get to pitches or not be able to get hits. And that that's pretty remarkable given the, the guys were seeing him pass in the record book. New York Yankees manager Aaron Boone has the unique perspective of being a former teammate of Miggy's with the Florida Marlins while also experiencing the challenge of managing against him today. He explains how smart Cabrera is as a hitter. Smartest hitter I ever played with, like without question. I really enjoyed being his teammate and he would almost tell me what a pitcher was going to do, even to me. He's like, all right, this is what's going to happen in your next at bat. And, and by and large, it would happen. He was just such a great thinker. You know, it was just like a savant. When he stepped in that batter's box, he was a genius. And that's what really stood out. As great as his talent was, like, I don't want to – that's undeniable. I mean, the ability to just with ease have that – just that – gracious swing and graceful swing and and the ability to miss hit a ball to right center field and still hit it out of the ballpark that's a that's a gift in and of itself and how at times he could even set pitchers up I was doing one game I think it was a second and third no or one out situation where you think they maybe would walk him but obviously you've got Victor Martinez a great switch hitter behind him so he was like kind of pick your poison a little bit and I swear Miggy went up there and swung at the first pitch in the dirt. So they were kind of pitching around him and just like swing, ball out of hand, like just I'm going to give you a strike just to tempt you to go after me. And I swear he'd swing and miss on purpose at a terrible pitch. Now he's behind the count. Now we kind of got to go after him. And then he would just, as the at-bat would unfold, just torture you. I, I feel like I've seen him do that a handful of times just brilliantly over the years. Former Tigers manager Jim Leland observed the same thing. He set pitchers up. Uh, I think he did do that. I, I don't think there's any question about it. I think that he would, you know, look uncomfortable on a certain pitch, and then when they came back to it later in the game or something, he was sitting on it. Uh, he was a very intelligent hitter, a very smart hitter. And, uh, you know, when we have our hitters meetings, Miggy didn't say much, but he probably knew had more information than we even had to give him. He knew the pitchers, you know, he studied him, he faced him, and he had a memory. So that's one of the things that always made him so effective. But I don't disagree that I think there were times that, that Miggy, I call it setting a pitcher up. Even though Miggy's had to evolve, Boone explains he still inspires plenty of fear in opposing dugouts. Anytime it comes to that situation where there's the games on the line and there's a runner out there, I know he's gonna be the smartest guy out there and he's capable of putting himself in a position to get it done. So I'm always fearful of that, even now 
where he is in his career. The best players in baseball learn to evolve and adapt their game over time. You don't reach these epic milestones by being very good for a short period of time, but rather being consistently great for a long stretch. You're effectively running a marathon, one that only a handful of people in the world have ever completed. When it comes to hitting 600 doubles, only 18 major league players have crossed the finish line. Guys like Stan the Man Musial, Ty Cobb, Henry Aaron, David Ortiz, and Albert Pujols. Heading into the Tigers game on May 7th, 2022 in Houston, Miguel Cabrera had 599 doubles in the books. In his first at-bat of the day in the top of the first, Cabrera hit a ground out to third baseman Alex Bregman. When he stepped to the plate for his second matchup against Astros starter Framber Valdez, the game was still scoreless, but the Tigers had one out and runners on the corners. Miggy fouled off a first pitch sinker, then saw three changeups in a row. The first he took for a ball. The second two he fouled away, making the count one and two. After watching another sinker pass for ball two, Framber's sixth offering was a curveball at the bottom of the zone, and it was one Cabrera wanted. The 2-2. Swing the line drive down the left field line. Fair ball into the left field corner. Baez is in. Robbie Grossman around second. He's going to be waved around third by Ramon Santiago. Throw to the play. Not in time. He scores standing up. Two-run double for Miguel Cabrera, and it's number 600 in his career. Wow. Jose Altuve at second base. Gives him a half hug. Puts his arm around his shoulder. 600 doubles for Miguel Cabrera, one of 18 players in history to join that select club. Incredible. What a moment that was. It happened in Houston, but again, it's one that kind of yeah. falls away, but it's no less important. Right. Yeah. Right, because this is a club as we said. These are these are nice round numbers. These aren't artificial made-up numbers that he hit these milestones. 500, 600, 3000 is a big deal and you're right. It gets a little bit overlooked. It was in Houston. He gets that. Again, you've got the moment with 600 doubles. 600 doubles alone is a big deal for anybody in their career. Uh, but for Miguel, obviously, now he'd already had the 3,000 hit. Now he's in that special club of 500, 600, 3,000. You and I were talking, it, it was on at a time when, so he'd already had 3,000. It was at a time when yep. the story broke that his mom, who was a very good national team softball player, had always joked with him, you know, I'm the best hitter in the family. And then finally she conceded that title. And you were talking to him about that right at that time. I Right on that trip. It, it happened to be my first road trip ever with the Tigers right. down to Houston. And it was Mother's Day weekend. So we were Perfect. talking about that with Miguel and his relationship with his mom and how he may now finally be the best hitter <laughs> in the family. And during that series, he happened to hit his 600th double. So she definitely had to admit it after that. She had to yeah. admit it after she that. Had no to. question. What a great story, though. In this episode, we've mentioned a lot of exclusive clubs with emaciated memberships, 28 constituents in the 500 Home Run Club, 33 individuals in the 3,000 Hit Society, and just 18 major league players with 600 doubles. Just seven players have hit both 500 home runs and 3,000 hits in their careers. Hank Aaron, Willie Mays, Eddie Murray, Rafael Palmero, Albert Pujols, Alex Rodriguez, and Miguel Cabrera. Just three have hit all three milestones, Hank Aaron, Albert Pujols, and of course, Miggy. 
In addition to being two of the greatest right-handed hitters to ever play the game, it also happens that Pulhos and Cabrera are great friends. What were Albert's first impressions of Miggy? I think with Miggy, you know, just the way that he's worked at it, you know, how he keeps everything short and impact, you know, and I think, uh, you know, the success. Right away, he started having the success uh, in the league, you know, and uh, a big impression, uh, winning the World Series, you know, taking big our backs in the playoff, and that's something, you know, that separates Miggy uh, from a lot of players. In his opinion, what makes Miggy so special as a hitter? Powerful. I mean, what makes it special is... Uh, he doesn't do much. I mean, he's uh, really short and quick to the baseball. He stays so much inside the baseball, and uh, he hasn't changed. I think, uh, you know, the only change that he, he has made is, uh, you know, early in his career, he used to have a little bit of leg kick, and now he doesn't have that. But, you know, the game is about making an adjustment, and Miggy has made an adjustment pretty well, and that's why he's a future Hall of Fame. Is Cabrera the same joyful person off the field as he is on? For sure. I mean, Miggy plays the game. I think if it is something that I would change in my game is, is the way uh, that Miggy goes about it. And I think, uh, you know, he has fun. You can see it in his face. He can go 0 for 4. It doesn't affect him, you know, because he knew that the next day he was going to go 4 for 4 or 5 for 5. So I think, uh, you know, just that excitement, you know, when he strikes out, it's like, hey, nothing happened, you know, because the Nets are bad, I'm going to take you deep. So, and I think that's how every player should think about it. What do two of the best right-handed hitters talk about when they get together? You know, it's, it's so fun, but we don't talk about hitting. We always ask about our family, you know, and how we're doing. Uh, we don't talk much about, about hitting, you know, and we just kind of catch up, you know, playing against him, you know, in the different division. I don't get to see it all the time, but the time that we got together, uh, we didn't talk much. We must catch up and just talk about, you know, our family, what we were going to be doing in the all season, how we're feeling around that time. And finally, what will we miss most after he plays his last major league game? I think, uh, you know, his smile, uh, you know, just seeing Miggy, you know, I mean, he, his sweet swing. Uh, what he does, uh, I think that's something, uh, you know, as a player, you look at from the other side, how he has so much fun in this game, uh, something that this game is going to miss. But I think, you know, it's just been an unbelievable career, you know, and even through injuries, you know, he's able to have this success. Thank you for joining the latest episode of La Leyenda and reliving these historic milestones in Miguel Cabrera's career. I'm Daniela Bruce, and we'll see you next time.